And welcome, everyone, once again to another edition of the Indiana Football Coaches Association's official podcast. I'm your host, Coach Dave Baumgartner, and along with me shortly will be my podcast partner, Hall of Fame Coach Ted Huber. And we're going to be talking and introducing a special series here for the next three weeks or so. We're going to be talking to uh, different coaches from different classes about their summer and spring, or rather, let's put it in order, spring and summer uh, workouts that they have getting ready for the regular season. So we've got a great lineup of some incredible coaches, and we're going to start out with the 1A coaches here to begin with in our first uh, broadcast of this nature. And we're going to be talking to the king of 1A football in the state of Indiana as far as it goes to state championships. Coach Bud Wright from Sheridan will be with us uh, to start with. And then after that, we're going to be talking to Coach John Hostetler from Monroe Central. Once again, another championship coach talking about their spring and summer programs. So we got that and lots more coming up, so stay tuned. Big Cat Promotions is a promotional and fundraising distributor of well over 100,000 products. Everything from megaphones to stadium cushions, player posters, we can give you a quote on any promotional or fundraising item you can think of. Koozies, mini footballs, helmet and locker stickers, Big Cat Promotions has got you covered. So the next time you need or are considering a promotional or a fundraising product, give me, the Big Cat, a call. And we will give you a quote from a number of vendors so you can shop and compare. Big Cat Promotions, 574-551-5916. That's 574-551-5916. Call today. Big Cat Promotions is a proud sponsor of the official podcast of the Indiana Football Coaches Association. And welcome back, everyone, once again to the Indiana Football Coaches Association's official podcast. And as promised, we have a championship coach with us on the line, Coach Bud Wright. Not one, not two, not three, but nine state championships to his credit uh, from Sheraton High School here in the great state of Indiana. And, of course, I also have my podcast partner, Hall of Fame Coach Ted Huber, with me. And uh, Coach uh, Huber is going to start this conversation by talking to Coach Wright, and our focus is going to be on building a championship program during the off season. So, Coach Huber, I'll let you take it from there. We can do that. Good morning, Bud. Good morning. Uh, you know, I was thinking we go back to Hamilton County, where you're still at. 1970, Hamilton Heights, Ted Huber, Sheridan, Bud Wright, and that's when we all started this thing, right, Bud? That's right, and I remember you beat us, and I think you had an undefeated team that year. Yeah, we did. Uh, even I couldn't screw it up. Uh, they had a lot of good players in nineteen in the fall of 1970. Exactly right. 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 Now, as I was, uh, you know, as we were discussing off camera here, off the uh, recorder uh, earlier, what uh, we, in our wildest imagination, uh, we didn't have an off-season program in 1970, right? No, we did not. Uh, that came a little bit later. I mean, uh, actually, a few years later. Uh, it wasn't very very many schools at all, I'd say, that had a weight program or anything going like that at that time. I think um, the guy that I, I made a statement one time and made him, <clears throat> made him mad, but uh, Donnie Howe was a weightlifter 
and uh, he started the weightlifting program at Hobart, and uh, everybody kind of followed suit, and uh, you know, uh, the rest is history. So they so they say, you know. Right. So, anyway, uh, when do you think? Uh, you know, think about it. You you know, you've been at Sheridan for fifty eight years, something like that. Uh, yeah, I've been completed fifty seven here. Okay, so no, this is your. 50- I'm sorry, completed fifty six here. Okay, so this is your fifty seventh year. You're going to do, yeah. And when, uh, when do you think uh, that you started an off season program? It, it was uh, it was in the nineteen eighties with uh, Brett Law. Uh, Brett Law's dad uh, was uh, was a weightlifter, and Brett started lifting at uh, uh, going to going to contests and such with him. And uh, so, so I'd say that. Uh, Brett Law basically brought in uh, into our, our start. I would say possibly around uh, 1985, 86, 80, maybe even 84, that time period. Okay, so uh, some sort of a program, but uh, I think it probably all started out with Lipton, right? Right. Uh, you know, so, and you think back to the IHSAA rules where, uh, uh, you know, they went from, we couldn't do anything to we could do everything. (laughs) And now, uh, there's some restrictions on it, which we will talk about when we get to the summer program. But, um, anyway, uh, you know, you're, you're not a teacher anymore. You're still coaching and you're not a teacher. And I wanted to ask you, um, how do you think that affects? Is it, uh, what's the positives and negatives? of uh, being a lay coach, if you will, uh, not being a teacher at the high school? Well, well, I think the negative is I'm, I'm not there uh, to talk with the kids all the time. Uh, it, it's it's a, a situation where when I was teaching, I had I uh, taught uh, U.S. history and some world history and such there, American problems classes, and I had a lot of different kids in the, uh, my classes. And, uh, I, you know, I had constant contact with them and, uh, I got kids out and, uh, in the night when, when it was going strong, uh, we had, a uh, 88, the most kids I've ever had out was 88. And that was, uh, oh, in, in uh, 89, I believe that was the year, uh, when we had the 88 kids and we had 82 to 83, uh, at that time, but we had the numbers. And the biggest thing right now is I don't have contact with that much with the non-athletes, uh, uh, you know, talk to them, try to get them to play and get them out for athletics. I think that's the biggest negative. Uh, I tried to go to school, uh, uh, you know, several times, uh, at least two or three times a week. I try to get up there and, and uh, usually around lunch hours and, and try to see the kids at lunch hour, this type of thing. Uh, but, uh, just the fact that, uh, you're not there to see the not athletes to get kids out. Now, I like okay. to say we, we, we read for years, years, we read between 65 and 75 kids. I say with the, with the two eighty two and the 88 numbers, but, uh, right now we're, we're running in the 42, 44 kids out. And, and uh, 
one year was was uh, was down as low as thirty three. Uh, oh. But uh, uh, like I say, last year last year we had forty two. I think we had forty three the year before. So we're running, running basically in the low forties right now. And I think if I was that school, uh, you know, teaching us that's there. Uh, I think I get a lot more kids out. Okay. All right. <clears throat> well, uh, let's look at what you can do or what you do do uh, from January till T- school's out in May. Yeah. Because uh, I know you have a problem, um, you know, getting people to participate because of them being multi-sport athletes. Yeah. Right. Hey- yeah, Ted, uh, Coach, um, let me. Can I interject a question here, real quick? I want to do a little follow up on that, Coach. When you're when you're actually in the school and we're able to do that and talk to kids, talking to as you call them the the non athlete, the kids weren't necessarily involved in athletics, and yet you were able to get them involved. What were some things that you would say to them, or how would you talk to them to convince them that this is really something that uh, you should do or should try? Oh, I tell them that if they want to pass this, they better play football. <laughs> no, that, that, that's just a joke. Yeah, that I was a you. joke. On that. <laughs> so, but, but basically, uh, I, I would talk with them and, you know, tell them I thought, you know, they had some possibilities that, that they could be uh, athletes they could, you know, contribute and help the team, this type of thing. And so basically, I told the kid, I said, hey, if you come out, and you stay, uh, you you come out and play, uh, stay a couple weeks, and you don't like it, uh, we'll just we'll part uh, a ways, you know, yeah. and uh, we'll shake hands, and, and uh, that'll be it, no problem, right? Uh, at all, and that's basically what the way I got them is, mm-hmm. and they're very very seldom, uh, if they decide to play, very seldom did they uh, did they leave after two weeks or so, uh-huh. and. Uh, you know, you tell them that, well, the first two weeks, if they hadn't been doing anything, it is, uh, it's, it's going to be tough on them, but, sure. uh, they could work, they could work through it. And, uh, that, that's basically, I said, Hey, if you stay that, if you stay two or three weeks, you don't like it, come and tell me and, uh, uh we'll just part ways and no one will say anything. All right. No harm that's done. That's basically mm-hmm. the way, that's the way I approached it. Okay. Very good. Thank you, coach. Go ahead, Ted. All right, the, uh, you know, what do you do now? I know, you know, like we talked about, you you got very few people that you can work with because of the multi-sport. Uh, so what So what from at Sheridan right now, what do you do uh, between January and the end of school? Well, it, it, we start out actually uh, two, two weeks after the season ends, etc. Uh, basically, we start the weight program. But we got uh, – we got a, a strength coach, uh, and he run, he runs a, a strength program. We try to get as many of them in as possible into uh, the classes, and you uh, get them to lifting in there. And uh, the ones that don't uh, take the class or unable to take the class because of scheduling conflicts, uh, they it's open after school and a little bit later on in the evenings. Uh, and we, but we try to get basically the weight training part, but, uh, a lot, a lot of kids that what we do is we, we, we try to encourage kids to at least play two sports and, and most of our athletes do. 
and a lot of our athletes even play three different sports. Uh, and that, that's, I don't know where that's holding the numbers down right now or what, what, but, uh, we, we, uh, we, we just approach it that way. And basically with weight training, I do not like, uh, to interfere in the, like basketball. I don't, I don't go to kids that are playing basketball or wrestling or so. I, I don't go to them and try to push them in, into doing a football stuff. Uh, I think that, uh, playing other sports is a big benefit. Uh, you know, I think they ought to enjoy their high school days and participate as much as possible. Yeah. I always thought that, um, being competitive in another sport would be much more positive experience for them than uh, in an off-season program, truthfully. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it it makes a lot of sense to me. But so uh, are there uh, – how many do you think are in the weight program for you, uh, as, you as you've gone through the school year? Uh, right now, uh, we like I say, last year we had 42 kids out. Uh, and we had, uh, I, I would say right now we've got, oh, I don't know, all sports. I can't really, football players, I'd say that we have probably 32, 33 kids in, in the weight program. Okay. Uh, uh, maybe that, 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 that's the, the non-seniors now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kids that you coming back and this type of thing. Right. So, so actually but about all, about all of our kids will, will participate in the weight program. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, okay. Now let's go to the summer. Uh, let's go to your summer program. Uh, what, what do you do now that, that, uh, you know, when June comes and you're in the summer, uh, what's your program like? Okay. Now this, this is where we really, uh, uh stress things as far as summer is concerned. Uh, Right now, uh, right now, I uh, uh, I'm putting together. Uh, in fact, I got it all set up. Set up our summer program. Uh, we we still offer weights. Uh, get kids into lifting. Uh, we got lifting in the mornings, and kids that are working can't get in. We offer also uh, lifting at, in the evenings. Uh, in, in the summer, they they allow you. 12 different practices in shoulder pads and helmets and girdles. Uh, and we, we take all 12. Actually, it, uh, if you go to a officials training uh, group uh, pr- practice, you can have that doesn't count. So actually, we got 13 different dates this summer that we put our shoulder pads on and helmet and uh, actually, you know, do, do some work there. Uh, you're allowed, you're allowed five scrimmages, uh, against the other teams. And we take all five and, and then you, we also go to like say to the officials, what, which doesn't count. So we do six, uh, scrimmages against other teams as far as summer uh, goes. And, uh, and like I say, we encourage you all to get in there and lift weights and such there. And we get pretty good participation, uh, the, the biggest uh, problem we have is is uh, is the younger kids uh, in baseball. Uh, they will they will miss, uh, but uh, most of the juniors and seniors uh, they're they're there all summer. Yeah, now yeah. Like, we, we uh, the weight room is 
open uh, four days a week. Uh, and, and sometimes you'll open on Friday mornings, but it's Monday through Thursday. And uh, he usually closes on Friday. If he's around and sits there, he will open it on on Friday morning at night. All right. So, is you know, I know this isn't mandatory, but is it mandatory for somebody to be a Blackhawk football player? Uh, no. Uh, okay. In the summertime, we get about all our kids doing it. Uh, uh, I'd say, except for some of the younger kids at baseball, they they might not make it. Uh, that many sessions, uh, but uh, uh, we, we get great participation out of our juniors and seniors. I mean, they're, they're basically about all there. And, okay, but it's, uh, it's not mandatory, no. Would, Coach, okay. would you say that that is because the kids truly understand that the Sheridan way, which is winning state championships, this is a very integral part of that? They, they, they get that, they understand that? Yeah, I think so. Uh, it used to be more. Uh, right now, we're you know we're struggling a little bit, uh, trying to get back. Uh, this is the longest we've gone without winning a state championship uh, since uh, the tournament was put in. All right. Uh, uh, last time we were see, we won it. We won it in oh five, oh six, oh seven. Was runner up in oh eight. That's the last time we've been there. Uh, we've been to the civil state a couple of times and got, uh, actually central Catholic beat us both times. Uh, we're the civil state since then, but, uh, it's, it's a struggle. The kids sort of, uh, lose, uh, lose the fact that they're going to win. Uh, when we were winning, we, we, uh, the kids wouldn't step on a field. They, they, uh, they do that. They were going to win. They, they expected that to win. Yeah, they expected. Yeah, they expected to win. And uh, we, at that time, we played in the, in the two and three A conferences at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, and then we played. Uh, actually, we played uh, Evansville Central one year. Uh, we played Broad Ripple different years. Uh, we, you know, we played some bigger schools mm-hmm. right there. And in the in the summertime. Uh, we all, we always uh, try to scrimmage some bigger schools. Uh, I mean, at, at, with Brett Colby uh, at at, at uh, Kokomo, we we scrimmage Kokomo. At, well, we still do scrimmage Kokomo every year. Uh, you know, they're a big school and we're small school, but uh, you know, I, I like to get into scrimmages where where we can see speed and see you know see the big bigger numbers such and. Have the kids realize that uh, you know they can play with those guys, and and uh, they just got they got to learn how to contain the uh, speed of the of the bigger schools. So, do you? Uh, how important can you tell? Let me ask you this: Can you tell, like towards the end of the summer, uh, with the way that your summer program has gone, the way the scrimmages have gone, and uh, can you tell uh, what level you're going to play in the fall? You think? Pretty much so. I, I think that that we that we could uh, pretty we could pretty much tell that I think good good idea on where where we're going to be as far as winning and losing and such. There, uh, 
Now, I think that, uh, we, that's discounting injuries. I mean, we, we've had, last two years, we've had an excellent football team, uh, but didn't get out sectional. Uh, injuries and COVID uh, have really affected us last two years. And that's, that's another story in itself as far as uh, uh, injuries are concerned. Kids, they, they, I'm finding out that you got to handle these kids a little bit different as far as the injuries is concerned. That uh, they will go to uh, the doctors. Uh, I mean, we we try to tell our kids that you know to go to the trainer. We got a trainer uh, that works to uh, Riverview Hospital, uh, and but he comes to every practice and he's never gave us such there. And we also have a doctor come to the games that's there. But uh, a lot of our kids will go and talk to the trainer. The trainer will say, okay, you, you got a bruise or you got this. Uh, and you may, you may need to stay off of it a day or two. Well, they'll go home and their parents will take them to their family doctor. And the family doctor is going to say, you got to lay out for two weeks. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and once the doctor says that, uh, you know, you got you got to go by it. Yeah, it's over. And, and that's and that's the problem that uh, that I'm finding is that uh, it, it's not necessarily the kids as much as it is the parents. As far as thinking that, well, the trainer didn't know what he's talking about. Maybe we need to go. And you know, with with the lawsuits and, and, and liability factor, if you go to a doctor right now and there's any type of problem. I find that he's, he's going to stay two weeks before you come back. Yeah. That's, that's not a given thing. And whether that's right or wrong, I don't know, but I guess they got to protect themselves. Yeah. Well, I think with the advent of sports medicine and the emphasis put on that now, uh, I think that really changed things, but you're exactly right. We've run into that. Uh, I've run into that my whole career too. And I know Ted has too, where once a family doctor gets involved, who's not, um, up on sports medicine and how to treat sports injuries and stuff. Uh, yeah, you're, you're done. You are, you aren't going, yeah. whatever they say is what's going to happen. So, and that's the way it should be. That's what the parents want. Okay. That's the way it is. But, yeah. uh, there is another yeah, way. Right. Yeah, that's right. And, and, uh, so, I mean, you can try to guide them, as, you know, to sports medicine that's there, but if they go to the family doctor, I mean, yeah. you, you got, you got to go by it. You bet. You bet. How did we get along earlier without all this <laughs> summer program where, you know, like uh, when before the baseball sectional started, a lot of teams, including where I went to school, uh, we played football, basketball, baseball in the school year and or uh, track in the school year and then baseball in the summer how in the world did we ever get ready to play football yeah. well uh, that that what you said was exactly what we we did also uh we you know when baseball came and started there it, it was a summertime thing and it usually it usually started in may uh, toward you toward the track season such there and ran through it ran through uh it ended up in through July. But I think the biggest was one of the things there, Ted, was that during that period of time, we we had, we had about three weeks of two-a-day practices, if you remember. Yeah, that's true, yeah, too. We did. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, 
I mean, you practice for you practice for fifteen or sixteen days. Yep. Um, and, and now, before the before the first game, uh, right now, or before you get go, uh, I mean, the, like the last two years, we did not have any two days at all. Last two years, right, right. And because the start of school, you know, corresponding with everything, the start the start of football practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, you used to start school. Uh, well, years ago, you started school after Labor Day, right? Uh, and and uh, around Labor Day, or day or two before Labor Day, and you was always out there for Labor Day. Uh, and, and you you had, uh, I mean, three three day practices, uh, two a day practices. That uh, you know, I mean, the, the, I don't know where the kids could take it now or not. The way right. we, we used to do it. And, August fifteenth. Uh, yep. That August fifteenth was the start of football. Absolutely. By the way, uh, for you hunters, that's the start of squirrel season. There you go. Uh, (laughs) Because we had two guys that played on our team that every, for the three years, they did not come to practice uh, in the morning on the 15th because they went squirrel hunting. And uh, they, uh, you know, they ran, (laughs) uh, coach ran them for another week, but they didn't care. So anyway, of course, times have changed. Yeah, <laughs> gotta have your priorities. So, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I got on, on that on that thought, Ted. Uh, uh, back when I played, we had a we had a guy kid that was an excellent football player. Uh, actually, was starting fullback and such there, and uh, but he he always liked to go squirrel hunting also. And the coach told him, he said, "If you this this is his senior year now, and and he's a two year starter." Uh, our coach told him if you miss practice your opening day, uh, you're done. And uh, he he thought the coach was you know joking or something. He missed practice and the coach kicked him off. Oh my! Wow. And that and that you know that was that, that's the story about that. But that's the true story. Wow! Is that cutting off your nose to spite your face I or whatever? I, somebody I, used to say, "Holy cow!" I think, I I think so. Yeah. Well, you know the the. The summer program and, and all the preseason stuff uh, is put in there for safety. Yeah, right. Just like you said, okay, because, you know, you don't have as many practices uh, before school starts and all that kind of stuff, which probably isn't too – probably isn't bad anyway, you know. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that, um, you know, we have evolved in the IHS – IHSAA has evolved, and, uh, uh, you know, as a coach that's been through the mill, um, how do you feel about where we're at right now with the, uh, you know, the restrictions or non-restrictions or whatever that's put on, uh, put on the summer program, put on the spring program, and uh, how do you feel about all that right now? You think the IHSAA has done a great job with that? Actually, I do. Uh, I, th- I think that uh, that the, the way the way things are going is that the, you, the, you're going to, like you say for years and years we didn't do anything in the summer we weren't allowed to and for year, years and years uh, that's the way we did but the two days made up for it because in time but when school moved up you add days to school school starts you lose those two days I think you got to have a summer program. Uh, you know, to get them ready. I mean, right now is that uh, that we, like you say, uh, said earlier, was that we had we had three weeks a lot of times uh, 
before our first game, at least two and a half to three weeks. And, uh, you know, to get ready now, you, you, you play after your second week, you, you play a scrimmage, a practice scrimmage, and then you, then you got a game with, uh, and you're only practicing once a day. So I think summer, you got to have something going to summer. And I, I know that, uh, I know that, uh, uh, it involves other sports as such here. And you know, I'd like to stay away from, it, but, uh, I'd like to see them sometimes put like, a. uh, an eight or 10 day period, even in the spring where you could have, uh, you know, to either practice them and, right. you know, right. I think early spring, uh, in between some things might fit in, but, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, that's what I, I mean, Indiana is one of the few States that doesn't have, a, you know, not allowed spring to football. spring practice. Yeah. 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 So maybe yeah, you're a football season. coach, bud. Yeah, You're true. a football coach, that's right. Mr. Yeah. Falcons and all those people at the IHSA, you know, the IHSAA and the IFCA has been really good partners for a long time. I know that we, uh, Bob Gardner uh, was, you know, when I was involved with the uh, IFCA as an officer, we had Bob Gardner, and it, it has really progressed, and I, I agree with you. I think they've done a great job. I think I think we need some restrictions because there are people who uh, don't understand that uh, there is life after football, if you will. And, um, you know, uh, the only thing is, and we've talked about it, of course we could go on forever about it, but the the idea that basketball and baseball, um, I don't think have the same restrictions as football does. Right, right. So to speak. That's true. That's okay, true. so, but anyway, there's not a heck of a lot you can do about it. So, anyway, um, you know, I think I agree with you in that we need, uh, you know, we need all this time, and uh, you guys have done a great job of organizing it. And, and the, if you put the kids first, uh, if you put in your mind the kids first, then uh, all, the, all those things are going to be done. They're going to be done the right way. So, mm-hmm. good for you and uh, good for all your your compadres. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that, uh, kids need some time to be kids. I think. Yep. I agree. And, 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 and uh, I don't think you can open it up. I mean, you, you need restrictions as such there. And uh, the kids need to race. Like we, we encourage kids to play two or three sports or such, especially the small schools. Mm-hmm. And they need time for a break. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, I uh, in fact, coaches, I think, need a break, too, at times. Right. And, and uh, especially coaches with families such there, it's just, it's just tough uh, to go year-round, which uh, we're going basically year-round mm-hmm. now, but at least you got a break in there. Right. And, and uh, but, yeah, I think you actually think you've done a great job with this, yeah. Let me ask. Sure. Let me ask you this, and just um, as we wrap this up here, the end product of what we do now uh, with the teams that are produced. And let's coach. Let let me coach. Right. Let me ask you this: um, Your first state championship team um, compared to um, uh, a championship team from the same class of twenty twenty two, would they compete 
against each other, or have we created a better group of athletes as a result of these summer programs or not? I mean, I'm just asking. I don't really know the answer to the question, but I just what your thoughts might be on that. I mean, are we creating um, kids that are are stronger, bigger, stronger, faster, and that kind of thing, or or is it or all shake out to be about the same? Well, I think I think we are getting bigger, faster kids, basically because of uh, uh, you know the programs that we put on and that we do things. Uh, what I, you know, I still think that the teams that uh, uh, back in the seventies uh, and eighties, eighty was the first year. Mm-hmm. I think that if you, you put them in the situation today, I think definitely they could compete because. Yeah. You know the athletes there, but uh, we're, we're we're just bigger and stronger. Like I say today, we're bigger and stronger since right. there. Uh, but uh, for for example, uh, I'm, I, we're the school. Uh, I'm in school. Three hundred and thirty kids right now. Sheridan actually Sheridan has declined in enrollment, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, close to Hamilton County has it, but Sheridan has it dropped down. So we got three. We got uh, uh, three hundred thirty kids. They they just our our football team with that number. Like say we had forty two kids out. Mm-hmm. Our, our starting we got three kids in our starting line right now. We're, we're three three twenty two seventy five wow. and two fifty. Wow, yeah. And two actually that fourth was two forty. Mm-hmm. And that's the school of three hundred thirty kids. Yeah. Wow. So. So you're, you know, you're, yeah, you're, you're building, you're building different, uh, different bodies, different kids. Yes. Right. Right. Okay. I had a kid that was a linebacker at Heights when uh, we played back in the seventies. And, um, instead of throwing weights around, he threw bales of hay around and you know, that, that has changed too. But, uh, you know, depending on, you know, the community, uh, and also, uh, I can tell a story and, we got to get out of here, but I get that little story about, I uh, went to, to see this, uh, this kid that, uh, was supposed to be in our program. And, uh, I went out and I, and I talked to his dad out on the farm and I said, you know, Hey, uh, Doug, uh, we're, you know, we missed him, uh, at the workouts. And he said, come here coach. And, uh, we walked behind the barn and he pointed at this field of quite a ways away. And there was this tractor. Uh, gone. And, um, I, I said, uh, what's that? He said, well, Doug's on that tractor and that's a heck of a lot more important than any, <laughs> any off season program that we can do. I'll tell you that. And I said, yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I turned around and got out of there right. Right, yeah. before I really well, made him mad. Right, right. Um, you know, but so Dad, anyway, um, Dad, I was, I was, I was raised on dairy farm. Mm-hmm. And we we put up uh, bales. We put up hay all summer. Oh, yeah. girl. I mean that's that, I mean like I said, we didn't live, but like say, kid, that kids did that. Yeah. And you know that's like say that's changing. You don't do near that much anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, this has been great. It's good this stuff. Has really been great. Yeah. How long are you gonna go? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. I'm getting pretty old. <laughs> You're not. You're not going to die on the 50-yard line, are you? I hope not. On yeah. a Friday night. I hope not. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> well, hey, Coach, it's a pleasure always to talk to you. It's uh, got such great insight on, uh, you know, and, uh, and this is what part of, a big part of what this is all about, too, is to get a chance to hear from you guys that are veterans, Hall of Fame-type coaches here, telling young coaches about how to build successful and championship programs. And, Coach, uh, you certainly are at the head of the class when it comes time to talk about uh, building championship teams. So thanks for being with us today. I appreciate that. Thank you. You bet. Thanks, bud. Have a great day. Thank you. We'll be back with more of the Indiana Football Coaches Association's official podcast as we continue talking about summer workout programs. We'll be back right after this. Big Cat Promotions is a promotional and fundraising distributor of well over 100,000 products. Everything from megaphones to stadium cushions, player posters, we can give you a quote on any promotional or fundraising item you can think of. Koozies, mini footballs, helmet and locker stickers, Big Cat Promotions has got you covered. So the next time you need or are considering a promotional or a fundraising product, give me, the Big Cat, a call. And we will give you a quote from a number of vendors so you can shop and compare. Big Cat Promotions, 574-551-5916. That's 574-551-5916. Call today. Big Cat Promotions is a proud sponsor of the official podcast of the Indiana Football Coaches Association. And welcome back, everyone, once again to the IFCA official podcast. And uh, we're continuing our series and continuing our talking to uh, coaches about the summer programs and the uh, spring uh, programs, the programs that lead into the fall actual season. And uh, Coach Huber is with me. Hall of Fame coach Ted Huber is with me. And he's going to introduce our special guest for today. So, Coach, take it away. Okay, John Ostetler from Monroe Central. Uh, appreciate you doing this, John. Thanks for having me, Coach Huber. It's an honor. Okay. Eleventh uh, year, starting this year uh, or next fall, will be eleventh year at Monroe Central. Can you take us back to? when your coaching started and uh, lead us up to that point? Uh, referring to initially, I started as a young football coach at Yorktown High School when I was in at the university. While well, in my time at Ball State, I was interested in working up through the ranks. And Doug Denny, who at that time was the president of the Indiana Football Coaches Association, and, and to some, some degree at some point there, uh, and we were really active with the association as young coaches. Uh, he gave us a platform. Dave Pass uh, at Lutheran was on staff. We were in school together, some other young coaches. And uh, that platform gave me something to springboard and go and take my first teaching job at Lawrence North with Doug Reeser. I was an assistant there for three years with he and Steve Collier and then took the first head coaching job that I was fortunate enough to have at Bluffton in 1998. Became a head football coach there 25 years ago, and um, my journey went through the coaching ranks of Bluffton for two years, Muncie Central for 13, and now Monroe Central. I just wrapped up my tent. So, all together, this is 35 years for me, um, starting when I was 18. So it's been an exciting journey, especially when you consider all the different people that have, you know, made my life better as a result. Well, I'm sure you've made their life better, too. I can remember uh, 
Uh, we spent a little time together when I was at Ball State and you were at Muncie Central. Uh, you know, I was thinking uh, when I was thinking about this yesterday, uh, Dennis Moynihan. Sure. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, okay. Uh, you still in touch with Dennis? I am. I just talked to Dennis. You know, we visit. he's back in Connecticut, and um, he teaches high school there but no longer coaches. Um, he, Dennis and I met. I worked in Notre Dame football camp in 1992-93. He was at UConn as a GA with Skip Holtz, and Dennis and I hooked up uh, in that way as young coaches you know back then I thought I wanted to be a college football coach so I was working the um the circuit and the camps so I worked at the University of Kentucky and Notre Dame and different places the Dullahan camps and Moynihan was one of my contacts right he was one of the young guys uh trying to network and uh, we became friends so when Brady hired him at Ball State I got a phone call and he said hey you know it was his eastern accent I'm right down the street so we had those were fun years for sure and exciting years for you guys there. So that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, amazing. The old redhead. That's uh, yeah. Back in high school, not coaching. Okay. Right, right. He okay. got out. He's just just teaching. So how did you get from a four A school in Muncie to a one A school, Monroe Central? Well, you know, Coach Huber, you do this business long enough, um, you're gonna go through good spells and bad spells. And Muncie had made a turn about 2006. We were coming off of, of, I think we were like 54 and six in four years. And we were really, really good. And about the same time that the industry in Muncie dropped off, um, so did some of our pool of players. And it became difficult. And then when you're not winning games, things are tough. So uh, we, when we hit that law, we, you know, Richard Green, I said, we, a lot of these old-time assistants that have been with me all these years, we started the John Frank Football League in Muncie and tried to, you know, roll our sleeves up and do everything we could, but it just didn't work out. And, uh, you know, the leadership changed, and it was time for me to, to make a change. So, um, Michael, Mike Jones, one of my assistant coaches at Muncie Central, mentioned the Monroe Central job. And I, you know, I grew, I grew up here in the community of Muncie and Yorktown. My cousins went to school out here, but this is never a football school. So um, it was far-fetched at first, and I was hurting. You know, anytime you go through a situation where things have changed at a school that you love, like I, I did Muncie Central, it was, it was an emotional time for me. And I just wasn't feeling this and decided I would come out here and at least look around. And, um, I started seeing things. So on my visit, I was like, this is amazing. This place has a vibrant community that cares about football, which is the most important thing. And it seems to be a place that's a destination that, you know, people are seeking out. So, um, it became my destination. Well, I tell you what, you've taken it to near the top, and uh, uh, you know you're like you said, you're going to be eleventh year. Okay, now let's talk about what you do. Uh, first of all, what are your numbers like uh, at the, at this point in time uh, at Monroe Central as far as uh, your football team is concerned? 
Well, we our goal is we have 12 seniors from last year that started the season. We had 10 at the end. That was a strong senior class for us. So we operate in about a four-grade capacity that make our JV schedule work these days. Um, you know, the days of freshman football have gone at even some of the bigger schools. It's, it's hard to explain why that all has happened, but we've adapted. And if our goal is to have somewhere between eight and ten kids per class that graduate from here. Um, two years ago, we had four. So that made those other classes even more important as you can surmise. So we we range, and that's where the recruiting of the young kids at these, you know, youth leagues that we have that are so important, and that's where the community plays such a role to make football happen here. So um, every year we roll our sleeves back up to go find every guy there is. And, you know, Joe Moore, the offensive line coach at Notre Dame, told me one time on a visit up there, he said, the toughest recruiting job he ever had in his life was Erie, Pennsylvania High School. And recruiting is always. So that's what we do, right? And then if, you know, we're feeling pretty good about where our numbers are, but um, there's no – nothing good happens when you rest. So we're still apprehensive, and I'm one of the best players we have is sitting right in front of me right now. So I I, uh, <laughs> I work – the, I just got done telling him before we started this conversation how important he is. So he can wink at me here for a minute, but the uh, it never stops, right? Okay. All right. So uh, what do you do from January to May as far as your uh, your program offseason? You know, one of the things I did when I was in Indianapolis was visited Coach Dolahan's weight meet. And we did not have exposure to those things uh, prior to that. My time at Yorktown, the weight room took on a different, you know, became a different monster after I witnessed that. And that was probably the most important thing that happened in my three years at Lawrence North was my time, you know, being as an assistant, being able to get out and find out what other people were up to and why they were successful. So we have, we started this weight meet, when we got to Muncie, we took our kids to Ben Davis the first year and opened their eyes to the world of Indianapolis. And then we, we had our own weight meet, the Pat Tillman weight meet, uh, each year after that, where we took ownership of having to be successful in the weight room. And again, a destination, the weight meet meant you had to be ready. So the weight meet for us still goes on at Monroe Central. Um, it's not the seven or eight teams that Ben Davis had back in those days I think they do 15 to more, but we'll have three to four teams come into our facility and compete. Uh, and that gives our kids a destination, their off season player development and uh, tabs them, right? Because we're encouraging all of them to be involved in other sports and not dominate them. So that's a, that's a huge piece to our off season player development. And then my time daily with them here, you know, one thing that I found out, Coach Huber, I never had access to junior high kids. And when I came here, I saw I had seventh graders. And at first, I wasn't sure how I felt about that after only having <laughs> weights at Muncie. And uh, then you know, seventh graders can clean and squat too. So we have we've moved the train because of that and our, our people. But that is, again, 
one of the most important things that we've been able to do here. And I've got a lot of people that have supported making that happen. So that's what we do. And then as summer hits, when there are other sports slow down, then we dive into the scrimmage circuit and the seven on seven circuit. We've been a regular down at the uh, seven on seven down in Newcastle, excuse me, down at uh, Northeastern. Um, but our seven on seven time with the, you know, the 11 on 11 time. So just trying to make it the right amount, not too much, not, not short of it and follow the rules is our priority. So what, uh, what do you do as far as the numbers is, are concerned here? What is there? 12 times you can put pads on and right. five the, the, images. Is that the rules? Yes. And then we, we usually go four, uh, and, We'll match our, our schedule of practices will be just to give you a week's schedule for Monroe Central. We'll have a workout that's weights only and running on Monday morning uh, through the summer. And then on Tuesday, Thursday, that's our evening practice where we're here from 6 to 8.30, which includes weights, and then our hour and a half on the field for those practices when they're deemed padded or not. So, um by the time they get to Friday, everybody at Monroe Central got Friday, Saturday, Sunday free, and we encourage them to not be tied to this place. So, um, you know, it's their summer, and they have other things going, and we're, we're really flexible, but we're not flexible from the standpoint that we're, we're not a priority. So, you know, it's delicate. Right. right. What do you uh... – what do you accomplish? What do you, uh, like in a week's time, you know, the, you put the offense in, you put the defense in, uh, you know, what do you, what do you do in those two days? Well, two nights? so you're coming as we, we're not a platoon system, right? I mean, we're at Monroe Central, but really, let's be honest, at Muncie Central, a lot of kids play two ways. Right. right, and short of what these guys can do at a six A, that where they break it, I think a lot of those guys also spend time on both sides of the ball. So Absolutely. the most important thing, our our thing comes down to, the summers got to be more directed on the fundamental. You don't have time to go back and and regroup and expect your basic concepts to be taught. There's have to be part of the fabric at that point. So right, right. the summer and whatever reps you can steal in the, you know, just in the daily grind of footwork and in your gymnasium that go along with your phys ed classes. Those are, those are the times we do that. And then it becomes a game planning thing. A number of uh, pod shows uh, ago, we were talking to Bill Sharp and this has been probably almost a year ago, Ted, remember how he talked to, uh, um, coaches about um well you know they just know it they just they the kids come in and they know what they're supposed to do and that's because of what you're talking about coach is that you know you get these fundamentals and these basics down so that they understand the system and that's what you're uh, i think that's what you're pointing at i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i think that's where you're going with that well i think coach huber can appreciate this Go 30 years ago, or more so 40 years ago, when the off-season didn't exist, right? Right, right. The, the weight room did just kind of, uh, not not quite 
anything like what we have today. And then, you know, the evolution of being able to practice through the summer and have time really took the shock of what two days were. Mm-hmm. Two days was traumatic right, for right. a kid because, you know, your body was destroyed. You, they were trying to get everything like this handled and it, they had a bigger challenge, the guys of those days. And right. I really respect how hard that had to be. Right. You know, it's funny. Yeah, well, go ahead. You know, we started August 15th and maybe had three weeks of two a day. And then some crazy coaches went three days, three a day. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, but uh, you're, you're absolutely right. You can tell, you know, that you have developed a program at Monroe Central. Okay. It's not necessarily a practice. It's a program. And part of this program is the off season program that that we're talking about right now so uh you're absolutely right i you know you think back um in the good old days so to speak and it just Mm -hmm. it just blows your mind that uh we're where we're at right now and uh it's so much better right now yeah Uh, better everything's better right well you know the the shock, I, I tried to tell our kids, well, we were at Muncie early on at 2000. We're still going two-a-days, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and the three-a-day coach, Huber, refers to our guy, Coach Tanner at Yorktown. He had us come in a third for a third. And um, it was tough. It was physically tough. It was emotionally a tough thing, especially as a sophomore, because you were like boot camp. And um, you say, you know, that that isn't such a bad thing. We still get that accomplished. The tough still happens, but not to the point that you're going to lose people. And I think the system's set up for kids to be successful. That it was harder on those coaches that, you know, did all of those years. Of, you go out three days, three times a day, it's hard on coaches. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's families that's a grind. Sure. It's just brutal. So we've set up a better system and we're evolving. We're playing the game better as far as and I don't mean better because it's better players and better coaching, but our awareness of how to hit. Right. And and how much to hit right. hasn't hasn't slowed the game down. Right. It's just made it you know, practice was pretty brutal right. in the seventies. Coach, let me know? let me if I could ask you this. At a small school, we were talking to Coach Bud Wright uh, a couple days ago there and about how to go about recruiting. Because it's a smaller school, and that's true in the big schools too. I've coached at Warsaw forever, and uh, we recruit too. We go walk in the halls. Uh, how, do you, sure. do you, how do you go about doing that? I mean, I mean, you see a kid that you think, well, this kid looks like he might have potential to be a ball player, or, you, or your gym teacher talks to you about so-and-so, Tommy looks like this or whatever. Uh, how do you approach him? Well, so this will sound crazy, but number one is I pay attention. Right. Like I listen a lot in the hallways and I watch people. I'm, I get out in the hall and I talk to them and I look at them in the eyes and, and watch them move at lunch supervision. And, um, you know, you do this gig for a minute. You, you start to pick up on, certain characteristics it's not always a for sure deal because what's funny is that you can see you got a 
you got a home run and you put them on the field and they can't play dead in the cowboy movie. Right. Like, oh, man, <laughs> how did I miss? It just, it, it, sometimes it just doesn't always make sense why somebody's so special. Right. You right. know, mm-hmm. um, I went to the Pro Bowl with Kerrigan invited us and the center for the Cowboys stood in front of me at the airport mm-hmm. and nobody in the whole airport had any, everybody else that was a pro bowler that was getting on those planes, you knew you could tell, right? right? The left tackle for the Steelers, he's six, seven, right? I mean, you can tell Frederick looks like a dude that's working the door at the bar, right? <laughs> but he can play. Sure. You know what I mean? And so that, that part is what's so interesting. I think I enjoy that maybe more because uncovering who's good and who's not is the job of coaches. Sure. So, uh, and finding them. And then, you know, the, the adage, this always kills me too, because to the naked eye, I can remember my grandmother telling me one time, she's like, Hey, I got this kid in class. He'd be a great football player. He's big. Uh-huh. <laughs> Grandma, that doesn't exactly define good. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, just, it just means he's big. Yeah, right, this right. This game, is it's got its own feature. You know, some some guys can box, some guys can't. It's just sure. the way it works. And you get you get out and recruit the hallways and you invite them to the weight room. And then what's funny is you create some really cool relationships with kids, regardless of whether they can play or not. Just sure. exploring, you know, you love all of them. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. It helps me get to know everybody. And then in the process of that, they, uh, they, they emerge, they sure. rise and then we go and you know, people think too, is a funny thing. Um, we've had kids come to Monroe central and the, the idea was always that, like, you're trying to get kids trying to talk to people about wanting to be at your school. Uh, when they're youngsters growing up and mm-hmm. making a choice with school choice or whatever, mm-hmm. nothing can be further from the truth. If the idea is if you're recruiting really good players, they recruit other players because of wanting to be in that forum. So, you know, our kids here at Monroe Central have been the ones that have made this a place, a destination, and we're just trying to find the right ones and then the rest of it all takes care of itself. Right. Right. Well, what, what, excuse me, what you've done is uh, amazing to me. You know, I know one of your parents very well. I know you Uh, do. (laughs) Chris Munchell, uh, who's, Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about my dad. All right. Go ahead. (laughs) I know him very well too. I mean, we go way back, but, uh, Chris Munchell's the uh, admissions director at Ball State, and I dealt with him when I was there on the staff. But uh, he just uh, he's just overjoyed with uh, you know what's happening with your football program, and and sitting here listening to you talk, uh, it makes sense why uh, why you're successful, why the program is set up the way it is, and uh, you know it's just uh, I just can't say uh, say enough about. Uh, you know, the coaching that's being done at Monroe Central. Right. Right. Well, coming from you, Coach, that means a lot. I, there's there's a lot of guys that, you know, when I think about the job I try to do each year, um, each day, that I feel responsible to doing it the best it can be done. And a lot of people invested in 
me as a young person and that made my life better. So, uh, that, that really is what we're doing, right? We're getting these kids every exposure to what adult life's going to throw their way. And hopefully we're modeling it. Um, I've had some great models and names you mentioned, those guys I talked about that I worked for guys that I went to camp and hustled around just that gave me a minute and, um, let me look on the other side of the screen and see that basically we're all doing the same thing here, right? We're, we're trying to make each other better. And then, you know, when it's all said and done, hopefully it'll, we'll feel good about it. And at this point, um, I'm not, I'm not resting on any laurels. I still feel an obligation. Um, and Monroe Central expects the next version, the next chapter to be better. So do I. So right. uh, I've got, I appreciate you saying that a lot. Well, you're, you're headed for what everybody thinks is, uh, the ultimate goal, which would be a state championship. Uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, I can see that in your future. So, uh, I hope so. Adams County hasn't been helping us out real, a whole <laughs> lot. You know, they, um, unfortunately, you know, when I got out to Bluffton, I had no idea. Sometimes ignorance is the best. And when I got to Bluffton, I'd had these teams I'd never heard of, like Adams Central, South Adams. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that 35 years later or whatever it's been, it would still be the, the same threshold that I'd be um, – trying and, and you know those coaches and what all they meant um, back to their communities I have yeah. a great respect for how hard it is to do yeah. so um, if it happens that's great but I know this I'm not stopping being in the process of trying to get there Absolutely. and dreaming big like that yeah. well you shouldn't yeah. you shouldn't that's for sure appreciate this John we really do yeah, thank it. you. Yeah, coach, it's, it's an honor, really. It is just so inspiring. And I tell, I just get goosebumps talking to you, talking to Bud Wright, and uh, you guys that come on to the show and talk about, uh, you know, what this really is all about. And it's about not only making, you know, great football programs, but making great people. And uh, that just that shows up time and time again as we go through these interviews. And it's, uh, you know, just hats off to. Uh, guys like you and Coach Wright, and uh, there's all kinds of coaches out there that, uh, you know, they approach the game with the same philosophy of building good people as well as good football players, and we truly do appreciate that, and we thank you for being with us. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. Well, um, we'll be back with more right after this. Big Cat Promotions is a promotional and fundraising distributor of well over 100,000 products. Everything from megaphones to stadium cushions, player posters, we can give you a quote on any promotional or fundraising item you can think of. Koozies, mini footballs, helmet and locker stickers, Big Cat Promotions has got you covered. So the next time you need or are considering a promotional or a fundraising product, give me, the Big Cat, a call. And we will give you a quote from a number of vendors so you can shop and compare. Big Cat Promotions, 574-551-5916. That's 574-551-5916. Call today. Big Cat Promotions is a proud sponsor of the official podcast of the Indiana Football Coaches Association. 
again, welcome back, everyone. And once again, thanks for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We've had a couple of outstanding coaches talking to you about their summer programs as well as their spring programs. Coach Bud Wright from Sheridan and, of course, John Hostetler from Monroe Central. Both examples of incredible coaches doing incredible things with their uh, 1A programs and uh, producing championship uh, teams in the process. Next uh, time, uh, next show, we're going to have Jeff Adamson from Eastbrook and Brian Oliver from Lincoln Stockton, and they'll be talking about their 2A programs and what they do in the spring and the summer. So we hope that this has been helpful to you. We've got, uh, like I said, a few more shows to do this with and talk to different coaches from different classes about building championship programs. So we appreciate everyone tuning in. We appreciate everything that you guys do. And not only building great football programs, but building great people. So have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon.